Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's J-M-I-E, your 42nd favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today's episode, we are doing not one, but two movie reviews, and we are talking about those two movies. The one that recently came out, The Incredibles 2, the movie that we have waited 13 years for, if you are from my generation, the movie that we have all waited with questions and bated breaths, wondering, what is Jack-Jack's power? Also, we're going to be talking about Lost War- World, The Forgotten Kingdom, um, the next installment in the Jurassic Park franchise about the human stupidity of still trying to make dinosaurs real. Uh, so, let's just hop right in and go into it. First off, starting with The Incredibles 2. It's... Before I jump into these, let me back it up, and let me say this, spoiler alert, I'm not going to try to spoil the whole movie, but you guys know me, if you've listened to any of my movie reviews, you know me, I spoil things, usually on usually because I want to talk to it and it's hard to not give points in my opinions, but also sometimes it's accidental, so for both of these movies, just let it be known that there could be spoilers. And there will be some spoilers as I talk about certain parts of the movie. You've been forewarned. Getting into The Incredibles 2. The Incredibles 2, again, it's been a 13-year long wait to see the second part of the best Fantastic Four movie ever done. That's right. That's the funny thing is that people have always said that Disney has done a better Fantastic Four movie than Fox has ever done with three Fantastic Four movies, and while it's not completely, it's not completely the same thing. It is actually fairly close, considering there is four of them. Their powers kind of rival them at times, and this movie was fun. Um, I'm not going to say it's as good as the first one, but it's a fun family film. It's fun in the fact that you get to see this superpower family basically become a normal family because of the banning and outlawing of superheroes that happened and then a man and a sister trying to get superheroes to be reinstated and be able to still go out and be heroic and save the planet by signing accords which I thought was kind of funny considering that Civil War started with them trying to stop superheroes with an accord, and this is trying to get an accord to get them back out on the streets. You see you see the father, Mr. Incredible, as he takes on the Mr. Mom role as Elastigirl, takes on the role of being a superhero that's out there fighting for the rights of superheroes as she's trying to take down the newest supervillain that has hit the streets, that is trying to control people by using screens and hypnotizing them. And we get to see Mr. Incredible as he learns new math. We get to see him dealing with a prepubescent teenage daughter going through the motions of finding a boy she likes who finds out she's a superhero, having that boy's memory erased, and her daughter, his daughter finding out about it and renouncing her superhero to raising an adolescent son with super speed who 
is a kid with super speed. I mean, what more could you ask for? <clears throat> Samuel L. Jackson returns as Frozone in probably his best superhero role. And I know Nick Fury is great, but Frozone is just awesome. It's something different from Samuel L. Jackson that we rarely get to see. It's him being funny and, you know, not in the sense that he does in some of his movies. In this one, it's a family-friendly, and that voice is just iconic for this superhero because you're expecting him to drop an F-bomb at any time. Even though it's never going to happen with it being a a Disney movie, we just we, you hear that voice and you immediately think that he's going to drop F-bombs. And that's kind of one of the things that I, I like about the Incredible Movies, Incredibles movie. And the second one is you get to hear that, you get to hear that voice and you're kind of tickled thinking, are they even going to allude to it? They don't, but that's beside the point. As they go through the movie, uh, with this happening, you end up seeing Jack Jacks, who is probably the most badass hero in superhero movie history. Because he has all the powers. I, I don't know if the story is going to be that he basically is just going through this and gets one eventually. But we're just going to run through some of these 17 that they say he has. Um, the ability to self-combust, a la uh, the Human Torch. He has the ability to multiply. He has the ability to phase through walls. He has laser vision. He has super strength. He has telekinetic powers. He has the ability to rocket himself by sneezing. I mean, it it just goes on and on. And it's so funny seeing this baby who's who's laughing and just being a baby. And you hear this voice and, you know, the, the laughter and the crying of the baby. And you see all of this, the powers that he goes through and him just loving it, enjoying it. And you get to see the family trying to deal with said powers. And it just creates for some hilarity in the family. Also, I want to say with him getting his powers, the first time we see his powers is when he ends up fighting a raccoon outside as he is watching a movie and TV with his dad. His dad is falling asleep and he is watching a movie and it's about a man robbing a bank, wearing a black mask, supposed to be an old black and white movie. He looks outside, he sees a raccoon rummaging through the garbage can, and he immediately sees a robber. So he goes to the glass door, phases through it, and you proceed to see one of the best fight scenes in comic book and superhero and cinematic history as Jack-Jack, with his newly found powers, takes on a raccoon. And it is just amazing. It is hilarious. I'm laughing and rolling the whole time watching this raccoon take on this baby with superpowers, watching the fear in the raccoon's eyes as he's trapped and Jack-Jack as full human torch coming at him and watching him as he attacks Jack-Jack and Jack-Jack's skin is a elastic and he can't scratch him, he can't bite him and the, the subsequent breakup that the dad has when the raccoon finally runs off and you hear Jack-Jack talk to the raccoon in a baby voice, not really saying words, but you can just, you can use your imagination to hear him saying, and don't let me ever see you around here again, or something to that effect. It was just a fun, fun moment in a, in a great family movie. This movie is not, it's not as good as the first one, but this movie is really, really well done, as all Disney animated movies are. 
We get to see where this family has ended up. We get to see them grow, and we get to see other heroes from the world introduced into this as they try to take on this evil villain. I don't want to give away the ending of it too much. I don't want to give away the ending of it or anything like that. But you get to see some hilarity go, as you would expect from this type of movie, as the heroes band together, fight each other, and yet come together at the end to not only prove that superheroes are still good and they're not all evil, to proving that family is stronger than you could think it could be and family is what what you really need as this family grows and comes together to works together to actually stop the the supervillain of this movie go see it it's get it gets two thumbs up i mean again it does not take a lot to impress me as you know but if you are a fan of the first one if you've waited this long seeing this movie you won't be disappointed you're not going to be disappointed it's a really fun well put together incredibles movie moving on to that we have the second movie that has come out in the last two weeks that is jurassic world the forgotten kingdom this is the fifth movie no 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 no. yes this is the fifth movie in which we find out that humans are the dumbest people on the planet or the dumbest species on the planet no matter how intelligent we may be perceived to be, as we see that the island where Jurassic World was and that is inhabited by dinosaurs has an active volcano that is willing to spew and going to destroy all life on this this island and destroy dinosaurs. So naturally, we have people marching for dinosaur rights and saying that dinosaurs are an endangered species. They deserve to be prolonged and moved and saved and helped not realizing what happened with Jurassic Park what happened to these two subsequent trips back to the island and when they opened Jurassic World and this company just had to shell out 800 million dollars in lawsuits and fines and everything else to basically undo some of the problems that have come from them trying to make dinosaurs real again. They are so they decide that they are going to get these dinosaurs off the island. They're going to get a certain number of species off the island into a animal reserve, a place where they can run and be free and nothing can happen to them. There's not going to be any more volcanoes. It's going to be like a sanctuary. And then we come to find out, spoiler alert, once again that it's all bullshit as somebody who's greedy is going to try to auction the dinosaurs off as weapons. They obviously didn't learn from the last one because, again, they are creating a new species of dinosaur by taking the Indominus Rex and mixing it with the blood of raptors to create the ultimate killing machine that is camouflaged and is, has hypersense of smell, as a ravenous destructive nature and also has the ability to apparently be controlled specifically by humans because they are planning to use the blood of blue that Chris Pratt's character Owen has trained and once again we see it go down as it should the double cross the dinosaurs running loose you get a heartbreaking moment 
when they are leaving the island and the there's a explosion in the volcano and you see Owen and the other characters as they're watching this brontosaurus standing on the edge of the water as they're on a boat and it's just yelling it's scared it's it, it, it won't help it doesn't know what to do and you see lava just coming down at from the eruption and you basically they watch it die and the 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 yells that it gives out it's heartbreaking it really is a a gut-wrenching moment into a in, in a film that really the the movie is kind of cut and paste Jurassic Park it's nowhere near as good as the Lost World the whole plot line the entire movie is kind of it's kind of lackluster it's you know but you get that part they go through you get to see the new dinosaur which is an ingenious raptor or something they call it and it's indigo raptor or something like that it's just a it's it looks it looks like a hybrid between the indominus rex and a raptor it's bigger than a raptor smaller than the indominus rex it looks like the indominus rex but it doesn't have the white markings you know the white color and it, while you go through the movie of watching Hammond's partner as he thinks that I, the dinosaurs are going to a sanctuary and the man in control, control of his whole estate and his partner and his agent, whatever, is going to sell them. And you go through the whole aspects of him not knowing his daughter or his granddaughter telling him you know, his little granddaughter telling him that she, what she's overheard him saying, him saying he'll take care of it later. Then we get, a spoiler alert again, probably one of the stupidest things in a Jurassic Park movie ever. It's a dumb little side story that I know they're going to probably touch on in the next movie. But to me, it's just like, this is the point where I kind of just checked out. And it's kind of, it's crazy when I, because the whole premise of Jurassic Park is them genetically engineering dinosaurs the last this movie and the last one before that was them genetically making brand new species of dinosaurs that never existed and i know that with genetic testing and genetic engineering stuff like this is possible in fact i read an article that says scientists believe that in the next five or by the year 2025 they will be able to actually clone dinosaurs which you have all these movies telling you why that's a terrible fucking idea. And yet I guarantee they're still going to go through with it. And this is going to end up happening. But I checked out at this moment when the guy, when the guy tells Owen and them that's holding Maisie, the little girl, saying that um, Hammond and his partner, Hancock or Hammoth or whatever his name was, I, I'm sorry, I just kind of checked out at this moment, that... That wasn't his granddaughter. He never had a granddaughter. His daughter died when she was young, and he has genetically cloned his daughter, and that's why him and Hammond had a following out. I mean, they never explicitly say that he cloned her, but he he says that he never had a uh, granddaughter. His daughter died. He missed her, and he had the material. He had the tools to genetically do it. He never says the word clone, but that's exactly what it is. And at this point, I just kind of went like, I threw my hands up and said, what the fuck, you know? You're, I understand we're needing to uh, suspend disbelief in you cloning dinosaurs and you making dinosaurs and doing this stupid 
where we're going to create our own dinosaurs and it goes bad and we finally cured it and then all of a sudden now we're going to have the same issue again. But this, for some reason, to me, just went completely out in left field and I was like, okay, I'm done. I throw my hands up. And from then on out, I mean, the movie is kind of cut and paste. You know, Jurassic Park movie as the newly formed raptor goes through trying to kill Owen and all the other characters and you see blue attack it to save him and then the animal dies in probably one of the it's one of the most climactic and yet anticlimactic ways in any Jurassic Park movie as they are on top of a building with a glass ceiling downstairs is or in the room that they're on top of is all dinosaur skulls and and bones and you know all of these all these different archaeological finds and fossils and they the dinosaur falls through and lands on a triceratops skull with the horns impaling the dino, impaling the ingenious raptor or whatever it's called as it dies and to me I mean like I said it was a cool it was a cool thing to see and it was kind of climactic but anticlimactic at the same time i don't know what i was expecting i was honestly i, I really thought the transverse rex was going to be the hero again and save it you know and come through and eat the damn thing but that's not how they went they tried to go to a different direction but again we see that happen blue standing on top of the dinosaurs is dead and it's roaring and also i know i'm going back and forth here this new dinosaur at one point is on top of a building and it's roaring you know it's howling it's doing whatever and it's not a scary growl. It's not a scary roar. It's not even a raptor roar. It sounds like the dog from Grown Ups that had its vocal cords snipped. It, it didn't sound scary to me. And again, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But that just didn't sound scary to me. You get the scene that's in the trailer of the little girl hiding in her bed as the dinosaur. And truly a, a kind of terrifying looking moment. You see the hand creep up, and it kind of goes to pull away before Chris Pratt's character stops it. Again, I'm spoiling it. Then we move on, and we're looking as, at the end of it, it comes down to it. All the animal, all the dinosaurs are in cages in the in a basement. It's there's gas leaking into the basement. The ventilation system's shot, and the dinosaurs are going to all die if they don't let them out. So then they let all the dinosaurs' cages open. As they run to the door, Claire, which is Bryce Dallas Howard's character, has the one button to push that's going to let them out. They're going to be running free on the estate. They're going to be out into the world. And she's the one that wanted the, one of the pioneers of trying to get the animals um, to be saved and move to a sanctuary or just not let die. And Chris Pratt tells her, he says... If you hit that button, there's no going back. And she closes it. And she's they're looking and you know, she's gonna let the dinosaurs die, and it's a sad, sad moment. And the little girl, next thing you know, you see the lights flashing and the door sort of the little girl hits the button and she says, They're I had to, they're like me. And again, I throw my hands up. I checked out. I'm just I, at that point I was like, come on, like now we're introducing genetic cloning into this again and it just for some reason that bugged me on this movie this movie isn't bad i mean it's not a great movie it's a it's a fun summer action movie it's nowhere near as good as the last one 
But, I mean, we've seen that in Jurassic Park. The first one is great. The second one, the one thing I did like about this is that at times it seemed like they might have been using animatronics. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the CG just got a little bit better. But it looked like they might have used actual animatronics in certain parts of it, which I hope they did. But the movie's not terrible. That just the, the genetic cloning thing kind of, for some reason, the human cloning just kind of, I checked out. I was like, that's just, you're pushing it way too far. You're pushing it way too far at that moment. And it's just over the top. We do get to see the return of Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by the great Jeff Goldblum, as he is talking before a special committee and senators saying that the dinosaurs should not be saved. Basically saying, you know, we open Pandora's box, we can't put it back. And then at the end, as he's giving his speech continued, you see Chris Pratt and them driving as we see dinosaurs flying through the skies. We see a Tyrannosaurus Rex run through a part of the zoo. And we get a cool moment of, in the trailer, you'll see it to where you'll see a T-Rex standing on a rock and he's roaring as a lion standing on a rock on the other side and he's roaring back at it. A cool little scene. It's, it's a fun scene. You get the part with the people surfing and the big Megalodon dinosaur coming through. And it, Jeff Goldblum's character saying that we're going to have to live with dinosaurs now. We've opened Pandora's box. Welcome to Jurassic World. Credits. I mean, it's like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a decent summer movie. It's not the best. It's not the worst. You know, if if you like the Jurassic World movies, you're going to like it. That that's what I can tell you. If you like the Jurassic Park movies, you'll like it cuz it has everything you want. It has it has f- funny dialogue, it has scientific dialogue, it has dinosaurs running rampant, dinosaurs killing dinosaurs, dinosaurs killing people. It has people turning on people. I mean, everything a quintessential Jurassic Park movie has been since they first debuted the franchise. So, I'm not giving it two thumbs up. Or I'd probably I'd give it one. I'd give it one. You know, I mean that's fifty fifty. It's not bad. It's not great. Not bad. It's a fun time if you like the Jurassic Park movies. So go see both of them. I mean, you know, movies are movies. You'll enjoy both of them in their own shape or way. But definitely go see The Incredibles too, as it's it's a really fun fun movie. That's gonna be it for today, guys. This is a shorter episode than normal. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you followed me. On Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Hope you follow me on Twitter at Nerdpool Pod. Hope you follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Thank you all for your love. Thank you for everything you do for me. That's Nerdpool. So, next time, see ya.